Hey friend, Michael McCurry here. Thank you so much for joining me once again for Bible Tract Echoes. I can't thank each of you enough. I mean, the fact that there are individual people that are investing their time in this radio broadcast that are tuning their ears, I'm hoping, with open ears and soft hearts to what God has for each one of us. It truly is a privilege. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to go to Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter 6 is where we will find our passage of Scripture today. You know, as we've been progressing through the book of Mark, it's taken us a few months to get where we are right now. There are some passages that fit uh, the gospel, or should I say the Great Commission proclaiming the gospel, better than others. Now, of course, every scripture, every passage, every account at the end of the day can point back to Christ Almighty, to our Lord and Savior. But there are some that just make it exceedingly easy. And today is one of those days. We've been looking at Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, verses 1 through 7 for the past week. But we're going to kind of conclude our time there today with giving a thought from Mark chapter 6, verse number, let's see, verse number 5. But we're going to begin in verse number 1. Will you join me there? Mark chapter 6 and verse number 1. For those listening in, For those listening in, there you may hear the rattle of some passing vehicles. You may hear a little bit of wind noise. I'm outside at the moment. We are at camp having a wonderful time. It's a beautiful day of about 82 degrees today. Lord's given us wonderful overcast skies most of the time. One of these days we're going to get a real scorcher, but uh, in all seriousness, we're thankful for the weather that we've had so far. Mark chapter 6, look at verse number 1. The Bible says this. I want to make sure we give plenty of time for this thought today. Mark chapter 6 in your good old Bible, verse 1, and he, speaking of Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. We'll get to verse number five in just a moment. We talked on Monday about how to handle the rejection of friends. Jesus dealt with the rejection from his foes, from his followers, and even from his friends and family at times. We spoke about that on Monday. You can, of course, always find the archived versions of this broadcast on your favorite podcast player. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes, or you can even go watch the video version back on YouTube as well. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, we concluded yesterday talking about the two ways to make God marvel, a lot of faith or lack of faith. Today, though, we're going to look here at this thought just a few. Look at verse number five. And he could there do no mighty work. Jesus, realized they stymied, they slowed the work of Jesus because of their unbelief. But that wasn't the end of the story. He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. 
Now, whenever I hear someone preach on this, maybe not every single time, but the vast majority of times, they concentrate on he could there do no mighty work. In verse 6, it says, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. We concentrate on the fact that Jesus, his work was stymied, was slowed down, was, was made difficult. But oftentimes we skip over that page, that, that passage, that sentence, a bare sentence, not even, that says, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk. I can't tell you what an encouragement that was to me when God brought that phrase to the top of my understanding, to, uh, to my recollection, and, and made it kind of jump off the page at me while reading through this recently. Just a few. Can I tell you, in a lost and dying world, in a world where it doesn't seem like anyone wants the truth of the gospel, in a world that seems to get dimmer by the moment, in a world where all you have to do is open up Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, and all you see on mainstream media, on social media, on all platforms, it looks like this place is going absolutely as far away from God as humanly possible. But can I tell you, friend, there is hope. Can I tell you, even in the darkest night, the bare, the smallest little light shines so bright. It's amazing to me that Christians can put their head in the sand and say, wake me up when it's all over. Friend, maybe the next thing we're going to hear is the trumpet sound, the eastern sky will split, and we'll be out of here. That might be coming up very soon. But can I also tell you, friend, in the meanwhile, there are, if you will, just a few that need to be reached. Yes, here we are in America. What, spiritually speaking, I, I'm not replacing, this is not replacement theology, none of that nonsense, but I'm not saying America replaces Israel, nothing like that. Like that but as far as a lighthouse for the gospel america has been has gotten top marks over the past few hundred years as far as sending out missionaries the amount of missions dollars you realize that for every dollar the rest of the world puts into missions america puts five dollars and fifty cents into the work of the gospel the great commission america invests greatly in that and so if you allow me to use some figurative language realize that if you want to think of a spiritual hometown for the gospel America is pretty close to that. It's been a nation that was founded on Christian principles. And here we sit looking at a nation that has done everything wrong, that, it, that is living in a Sodom and Gomorrah type way. And, and we think as Christians, what can we do? Is there any hope? Is everything just gonna, going straight to pot? I mean, do we, do we have any possibility of good news? Yes, friend, we do. Because even in a place where God is belittled, where people are offended at the bare mention of Jesus, where, where church is an afterthought and the average person, person could care less for the things of Christ, where Christmas is a commercial holiday, it's, it, it's, it's a capitalist opportunity to just make a whole lot of money, where, all of, where the Easter bunny is more important than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and all of those things where, where transgenderism is on the rise, and gender dysphoria, and just pure, what do you call it, just sodomy, all these other words, forget that, let's use the Bible word, where sodomy is just, is, is something to be proud of in that world can god still work oh sure absolutely is his work a little stymied sometimes sure can it be slowed yeah but can it ever be stopped never friend can god work yes 
He absolutely can. There are just a few that need to be reached. Maybe that few, one of those few, is next door to you. You say, is it really that important? Do we really need to get so, uh, do we need to invest so much time, effort, and energy into reaching these quote-unquote few? I want you to think back to Jesus' hometown. I want you to think about uh, maybe the front page of the newspaper bore nothing but ridicule that next day, or the Sunday edition. This man says his name is Jesus. He came. We know who he is. We know who his brothers are. He says he's done some amazing miracles. He taught some radical things in the synagogue. Uh, if you see him, mark him as a, as a weirdo, as a heretic, as, as someone not to be followed. But you know what? For those few, for the just a few that he laid his hands on and healed, Jesus coming to town was big news. And may I tell you, we may be in the last days. We could well be. I'm, I'm not, I am, if I ever try to set a date and a time for when Jesus is coming back, you tune out of this radio broadcast and never tune back in. The Bible very specifically says that we'll, we won't know the day or the time. He's coming as a thief in the night. He's going to surprise everybody. But I will say this. The signs of the times sure do feel like they're getting closer to his appearing. It could be a day, it could be an hour, it could be a thousand years. I don't know. But I do know in the meanwhile, no matter what length of time it is, we've still got a work to do. You know as well as I that God is not done. I've said this so many times. If you've got a pulse, then he's got a purpose for your life. So what are you doing with that pulse? Do you have your head in the sand, as so many do? Are you declining to use the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God's given you? What are you doing? You know, one of the reasons, and we've talked about summer camp multiple times throughout this summer, maybe we'll give one more week to it later on, but one of the reasons that we, my family and I, put so much time, effort, and energy into things like summer camp, the reason I, I am the director of Bible Tracks Incorporated, is not because all these things are easy. It's not because uh, there's not uh, more interesting things to do out there. It's because there is a work to be done and there are a few to be reached. Now I'll say this as well, for all this talk of just a few, we're seeing dozens if not hundreds of lives changed. To see the young people at the camp here, oftentimes uh, towards the end of the week, Pastor Crone, Jim Crone is his name, there is one, he'll say from the pulpit, there's one decision that should not, could not be kept quiet. We should not be ashamed of Jesus. If you've gotten saved, would you stand up and just give us your name and say, I got saved. He'll walk around with a microphone. And this last week, we had three, four, five, six, half a dozen young people stand up and say, my name is so-and-so, and I got saved. And the week before that, a few. And the week before that, and this week, I'm praying here as we come to the final week of camp, People stand and say, I got saved. And then we have football camp. We always have a, numerous, a number of young people get saved. I keep saying a few, but maybe that's pessimistic. I think God still, even in spite of the world's unbelief and vitriol and violence against God's people, maybe, just maybe, he's got a work to do. My pastor, Joe Grimaldi, man I worked for for five plus years before going into evangelism, before taking the ministry of Bible tracts, he asks this question, in a relay race, where do you normally put your strongest 
runners. Normally, your strongest runner is your anchor, right? Normally. And so, now this is something that he says as a 60-something-year-old man. It's not something I would say about myself or about any of the other young men, any of the people that are alive in this generation. He says, maybe, just maybe, God has saved one of the best generations for last. If, if, he, if he's coming back soon, if God is coming back soon, maybe, just maybe, he saved the best for last. Maybe, just maybe, there's still a work of God to be done. I don't say that about me. I'm not saying I'm going to hearken it, herald in some nationwide international revival. None of that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying maybe there's still hope. Maybe there's still just a few. If you're listening right now and you say, you know what, Brother Micah, it's time to get to work. I'd love to hear from you. In just a moment, the announcer will be on, give you all the ways to contact me. I want to thank you so much for listening in today. My prayer as always is that you have a great day for His glory. And we will plan on talking to you soon. Join us tomorrow as we conclude the week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309 309- 828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.